Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in-store clearance, gift cards, register lane items, jewelry, today only, and today only deals. The following is a Zima Podcasting Network production. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on and flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monsters at Midnight, and it is Saturday, October 22nd of 2016, and I'm your host, Graham Zima, as always, right here on the Zima Podcasting Network at iTunes.com and Spreaker.com and all across the internet. Joining me today, we have Matt Schaefer, back at it again for our third episode. How you doing today, Matt? I'm doing just dandy. How are you, Graham? I'm doing splendid. I'm doing groovy. Groovy. Um... Got plenty to get to today. Uh, um, let's start with Matt. How are you doing on the Shaper Shock October? Actually, let, let me let me fucking start off by saying we have plenty to get to, and one of those things I should probably do the read down, shouldn't I, Matt? Yeah, you do whatever you want. It's your show. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I go to you for for some for some outside perspective. So, um, you're fired. That's what uh, I'm trying to tell you. Damn it. Uh, no, we're going to do the rundown here. Uh, we'll start off with Matt's update on Shocktober. We will move into a serial ki- serial killer, and I should mind you, uh, fake serial killers. Uh, this includes Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy. Fictional serial Fictional killers. serial killers. Uh, a tournament. We've organized a bracket of about eight participants, and we're going to go down by each matchup until we declare a champion of the fictional killers. Worlds, and then we'll be talking about movies that scared us as a kid, and also possibly movies that scared us as a kid that don't scare us now after a rewatch. And also, I think Matt, you wanted to talk about movies that we that are scary that we have yet to see. Yeah. Just horror movies that have been on our radar, haven't got around to watching yet. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, besides that, I should note. Is there anything I'm missing, Matt? I think that's about it. If you wanted to talk about The Walking Dead, I wouldn't be opposed. Oh, yes. Everybody should be watching The Walking Dead tomorrow on Sunday, October 23rd, 2016, Season 7. The big cliffhanger will be revealed. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Actually, I asked I asked someone to spoil it for me, so I, have, I, have, I should have no sympathy. Uh, I know how it goes. Um, assuming that what I was told was true in fact, but numerous people have confirmed that it is in fact true. I know the spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't worry. But uh, everybody should check that out if you're walking dead. Is it anything that was in the comics? I can't even answer that. I've never read any of the comics. They're pretty great. Some of them I've read, they're pretty great. I hear the uh, Telltale video game inspired by the comics is also exceptional. Yes. But I hear the Activision game based off the TV show was not. Uh, the Walking Dead video game, you said? Survival Instinct. I've heard mixed things. I've heard mixed things, definitely. 
Um, I hear the one by Telltale, though, like uh, season one and season two are super good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't played the video games, but I've heard all about them, good or bad. Um, anyway, we'll move into an update on Shocktober. Matt, how is... How is the old Shocktober going at the moment? It's chugging along. I'm posting on Facebook regardless of if I'm watching the movie or not. It's just it's one of those things. Was was not nearly as busy uh, first semester of last year uh, than I am now. Uh, uh, you know, and to me, the, the spirit of Shocktober... Whether you be watching the movies or not, the spirit of Shocktober is just broadening people's uh, horizons in terms of horror uh, and like and horror Halloween related uh, cinema. I guess not so much the fact that I'm watching all the movies, but the fact that maybe I can get some other people to watch these great movies. At least that's what I'm telling myself, so I can sleep better at night because I'm a failure of a human being. Now you're, now you're just bringing yourself down. That's okay. Though. That's a common occurrence. Yeah. Regardless, though, had some some highlights this past week for Shocktober. Um, start off with is a 1963 psychological ghost thriller, Robert Wise production, The Haunting. Folks, I am ranking that movie up there with Night of the Living Dead and Psycho in terms of great and revolutionary 1960s horror films. You need to check this movie out. It is phenomenal. One of the, one of the prime examples of what you don't see is even scarier than what you do see. It has some fantastic cinematography for the time. Uh, I wonder. It makes me wonder if Sam Raimi was influenced by that movie. I would not be surprised in the least because there's some very I haven't heard anything about that, but very inventive and very unique uh, camera angles and camera movement. Great performances. Whatever you do, though, stay away from the 1998 Jan de Bont remake starring Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Owen Wilson. That movie is a fucking disgrace. Do not see the remake. See the original. It is well worth your time. And a great movie to treat yourself to this Halloween season. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is fucking amazing. Uh, time capsule of the 1980s. Goofy screwball horror, uh, horror comedy. Some really good uh, inventive ideas and like cool creature effects. Now, I guess not creature effects. Some cool clown makeup. Uh and it's kind of hilarious. I mean, not really hilarious. Kind of fucked up in a hilarious kind of way. It's a movie to watch given the surge of recent events of uh, killer clowns from not outer space. I, I should ask if you have you encountered any of them yet. I have not. I haven't either. I, feel like, uh, I don't know where these these occurrences are. I, I would be interested to see a map of where all this shit's going yeah. down. But we have a friend who is convinced it's a conspiracy for the It remake. I, I actually had that conspiracy, too. Which, I believed in that conspiracy, I should That say. would be fucking crazy. That, yeah, I would say that would, that would take viral marketing to a whole next yeah, another level. To generate... But, like, that's also generating super negative press, like, all around. Um, They Live was yesterday for Shocktober. Uh, today is Young Frankenstein. Both are excellent films. Um... 
Where did I watch this? I watched uh, I watched uh, Prom Night this week, and that was a letdown for being one of the first uh, slasher movie slasher movies in the post Halloween craze. I was expecting something more, I guess, or at least something more outlandish and like fun. This it was just boring for the most part. The story was convoluted with a bunch of characters that you couldn't keep straight and didn't really care about. Uh, nothing really kicks off until like hour and twenty minutes into the movie, which is a major letdown. But unrelated to horror, kind of horrors of real life, I suppose. Just saw Gone Girl for the first time, modern masterpiece. Everyone should see that movie. Uh, David Fincher really doing his thing. Uh. Also, a credit to the source material. I hear the book is uh, phenomenal as well. Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike, Neil Patrick Harris, even Tyler Perry all do very, very excellent work. Believe it or not, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry not being Medea. Um, Let me just check my Facebook quick, see what else I watched this week, because I'm drawing a complete blank, and I would like to... Throw out some other titles. Oh, Don't Look Now. Don't Look Now, I was really looking forward to watching. But the DVD I rented from the library is super shitty and is not playing properly for me. So I have to take a rain check on that for now. Maybe I can get it working on a different player in the house, but it's due back uh, this Wednesday already. So maybe not. Which is a bummer, because I was really looking forward to getting into that. Um... Freddy vs. Jason was on Sunday. Uh, worth it alone to see those two guys fight because they just annihilate each other and it's spectacular. The rest of the movie's... We'll see if there's a rematch. It's true. The rest of the movie's bullshit, but... Uh, yeah, no, the fight fighting in Freddy vs. Jason is pretty phenomenal. Uh, yeah, otherwise, the, the big highlights were The Haunting and... Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space and unrelated to Shocktober, Gone Girl. Alrighty. Uh, like you said, that is Matt Schaefer's Shocktober. We'll do one last update next weekend for our final episode. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's hard to believe already. Yeah, the month of October sped by. It always does. Especially since we missed that one week. We missed we one week. Deathly well, we don't tell anybody about that. Uh, we told everyone about uh, it. I know. Uh, well, we tried. We should just edit that. Well, now I'm going to have to edit this all out, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I won't edit it out. But uh, like I said, go follow Matt Schaefer on Facebook. Do you do any updates on Twitter? I used to, but uh, I'm not good at the Twitter. Yeah, um, the Twitter. I, I made, made, uh, made a couple posts on Instagram, but uh, it's Facebook primarily because that's where I've, I've got the biggest audience, I guess, to get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out on Facebook. He does updates every day. He's been very consistent with it for the most part. I will say the whole notion of doing uh, weekly updates on my YouTube channel is just gone. It's just, it's just not, do not it. do not have the time. Uh, sorry, to, but I'm doing the basically doing the updates on here. Yeah, I, so I I'm not I'm not out too much. I've, I've carved out a chunk of time for you to do your updates here. So uh, and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Ignore that whole promo that we did back in early September, mid-September, whatever. No, no, the promo was still fun. It's just I lied about doing up- <laughs> updates on my YouTube channel. You'll just have to do it uh, during our Christmas Christmas podcast. Yeah. 
yeah. Currently in development right here on Zemo.com. Uh, um, munchkins at midnight. Hour. Munchkins at midnight. Well, uh, I don't know. If I mean, there munchkins is. Munchkins aren't really. I should say, I said Christmas. this during Living the Dream. There Missing is a Christmas one in the works, but oh, I can't confirm anything. That's cool. Because uh, it is in very early stages. we got a month about a month out, so the closer we get to December, you might want to tune in a bit to, to hear about that. Um, there may be, and I, I keep speaking for the son of a bitch, but there may be a... Um, what the hell is it going with this? A, uh, oh, a video game podcast coming from Brian Annis at some point. Oh, Just Brian cool. Annis. That I don't cool. Do not, cannot confirm anything, like I said, and I don't want to speak for him here because he's not here. Um, but we talked about it. I would be only producing it um, through this, 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 this website, but everything else would be up to him. Um, so look on out for that stuff. If you like Brian Annis from Movie Matters Podcast, you'll probably love if if he does follow that dude knows his video games too. Yeah, I, I so you'll be that. you'll be you'll be one to challenge the rest of the video game podcast for sure. Um, so anyway, quick uh, question for you, Graham. Mm-hmm. Since you brought up Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween, Christmas, or both? Both. Okay, that's what I think too. I think both. I, actually, I would say I'd probably be more inclined to watch it during Christmas, but. It's a both. Yeah, I think I think so too. But I definitely watch it. I try to watch it during both seasons. Yeah. Honestly, I actually I know there are people out there that like watch it during Thanksgiving. Just like split the middleman and yeah. go, go in between the two. That's not a bad idea when you think about it. No, um, but I would say at the end of the day, you know, gun to my head, I would probably. <laughs> I don't know why there'd be a gun in my head asking this question. <laughs> when the fuck are you watching Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> I don't know, man, shit. <laughs> uh, no, I would probably say, yeah, it's a combination, but um, I'm more inclined to watch during Christmas. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Christmas-related horror movies, such as Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas. Christmas movies or Halloween movies? Christmas movies. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen either of those movies, so I can't comment. Black, what Christ- do you think? Black Christmas is actually a legitimately uh, well thought out and well paced, like suspenseful kind of slasher movie. Whereas Silent Night, Deadly Night just goes for the over the top, just high body count yeah. ridiculousness. Both are great, though. Yes. The yeah. new Scream Factory of uh, Black Christmas, I want to get. It looks pretty dope. Looks amazing. I, I, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. Um, but. I will let I will take your word for it, I guess, until I have a actual explanation. Um all right. So we'll move now into the fictional killer tournament, the ultimate tournament. And this is exactly the point where I need the cheesy eighties soundboard. Wait, that's not even <laughs> I just combine I, I think I combined well, Kill I was Bill and Ferris the, Bueller. I was doing the Mortal Kombat theme. All right. You were doing... We're on completely separate pages. Well, I think you're on a different podcast. Well, right we now. tried. <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. Now, this is what happens when you edit. You know what happened is I recorded one session, and then you just... You recorded another session. I had to edit it all We together. tried to... Yeah, we tried to figure out what we were talking about, and it's... It's going terribly. <laughs> uh, anyway. Sorry, we get off track there for a second. Trying to keep this chugging along. Um, we have, though, a tournament here. A whole bracket and sketched out. Well, it's it's horribly placed, but um, and there's not even the little the little dividers like you see on an actual tournament bracket. But they can't fucking see. Yeah, they can't see. This is why we don't do this visually. <laughs> um, but we have 
we have some of that shit to go through. We're going to take a quick break right now um, to make sure everything else here is working out, some of the technical specs. Um, but we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Monster Midnight Podcast right here on ZemaPodcastingNetwork.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. And we are back right here on the Monsters at Midnight podcast, Graham Zima and Matt Schaefer, and we are about to start the fictional serial killer tournament. It's perfect. Nothing wrong with it. Um, all right, so let's reveal the seedings and how this is all going to work. So, like I said, there are eight spots that have been filled for this tournament. Ranked number one to number eight based on, I would assume, to be popularity. Um, and how this is going to work, we, we've matched up the number one and eight seed, two and seven, and so on and so forth. And they will go in a round, or a tournament, I guess, fashion. So the one will play the eight, the four will play the five, and the winners of those will face off against each other in the next round, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all this other bullshit. Um, so I'll review to you the first matchups, and then we will go, Matt and I are going to go down by each matchup, break down why or why not a certain candidate should win that, or participant, I should say, should win that round, and then we'll make a final decision. Now, of course, if you disagree with our decisions, which some might, because as we know, there are certain fanboys for certain killers, leave a comment, and we'd like to hear your opinions. Back up your reasoning with But back facts. up your reasoning. Don't just call Matt a douchebag and and shit on his entire existence. I mean, I do that enough as it is. Yes, he doesn't help. need his help, all right? <laughs> he doesn't need any help. Come up with logistics from the film franchise as and logically explain why you think that person and we will and we will accept well, that. No, we will definitely look at it. Definitely look at it. We look at all the comments that we get, uh, whether it be from our mother or or my mother. Or, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so number one, Matt, who is at the number one seed? He's got to read it here. We have got the boogeyman, the terror from Haddonfield, Illinois. Haddonfield! Michael Myers. <laughs> There's something so unterrifying about when you play him. We didn't say this had to be scary at all. Oh, my Jesus. Christ. Did I knock over anything important? I didn't knock over the VR yeah, headset. Yeah, no, he has it tucked away somewhere. Yeah, locked and safe. Nobody will ever find it. Um, okay, anyway. So that's number one, Michael Myers, the killer from Haddonfield. Who is he facing off against in the first round? Um, I'm not sure how to read your bracket. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so they're organized right there. Yeah. So, they're, so he faces off against yes. him then? Yes. Okay. Uh, we have... The menacing poster of a dude tying what looks like a Mexican wrestling mask to his face. The Collector. Yes, The Collector from the 2009 horror film The Collector and the 2012, I believe, sequel. 2012, 2013, I can't remember exactly. Sequel, The Collection. Um, Which I have not seen. I've seen The Collector, and I like it, but I don't like The Collection. But we'll save that for another day. Um... 
Anyway, at number four, so the first matchup is going to be Michael Myers, the number one seed, versus the number eight seed, who barely squeaked in the collector. What is the winner of that matchup going to be possibly facing? What are the two possible candidates he will be facing at the four and five slot? We have the cannibalistic uh, transvestite to a degree, definite man-child with serious family problems who lives in a quaint country home deep in the heart of Texas, revving up his chainsaw as we speak, Leatherface. Leatherface! Uh, I feel like that noise would really set him off. He'd do one of those... Yeah, he'd fucking chop my head off and I'd never be seen again. I mean, let's just be realistic here, Matt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, at number four, we have Leatherface. Who is Leatherface taking on in the first round at number five? Well, here's a, a question that I ask you in regard to that. What's your favorite scary movie? We have the Ghostface Killer from Scream. Not to be confused with the Def Jam uh, label rapper Ghostface Killer. You know, I... It's one of those things, I don't know how, by any stretch, Leatherface, or, uh, excuse me, Ghostface made it in here, but he's here, and he's at number five. He, he's a, iconic, that mask he's is iconic. He's iconic The only thing fuck. that would be interesting would be to see which interpretation of Ghostface, because there are multiple Because, I mean, there's, there's multiple. Small, uh, only, one of the only film, horror movie franchises where there's a mask, but a different killer every yes. time. Yes, Um Attempted on success for all you people out there. Matt always gives us some little bit, a little bit more horror insight each and every episode here on Monsters of Midnight. It was attempted uh, to uh, most most critics, except for me, uh, dislike in Friday the Thirteenth Five. Spoiler alert: It's not Jason, but I liked that concept considering how that that's a franchise that cries for originality from yes. time to time. But um, regardless. We move on. So that is the four and five. We have Leatherface taking on Ghostface. Now moving down down the bracket to the second region of the bracket. We should name these brackets. We should name this. So we have the we have the above bracket. We should call it the Haddonfield or something. And then the bottom one, we should call it something. I don't know. This is all. This is all organized last second. This. All right. We could go like. Yeah. Uh. Bread in reality, and the supernatural. Yes, that's good, actually. So the bread. In I reality, mean, uh, Michael Myers uh, teeters, but we'll allow it. We'll for allow it. He'll get. He'll get a free pass. So the bread and reality um, bracket is the Michael Myers region, and then we have on the other and the supernatural region, kicking off with the third versus sixth seed. Who do we have at number three? The Springwood Slasher. The man of your dreams, one, two, Freddy is coming for you. Freddy Krueger. That is right. Freddy Krueger is at number three. I'm never going to get tired of that. <laughs> Which you know, I think at this, all, at this point we all know who's at number two then. Um, but who is Freddy going to be facing at the sixth spot? Well, if you're a serial killer and you are pinned down by the cops in a mall... The first thing I would do is say some voodoo bullshit and possess a doll with my soul. 
Chucky. We definitely should be cast in the Lords of Salem sequel <laughs> with all these sound effects. Uh, fuck. No. Oh, we just got the call, Rob. <laughs> We're in the Lords God of Salem sequel. It. <laughs> We're oh, in it. Mike. The paychecks are coming, and I can finally afford a few more microphones. Um, anyway, so that is going to be if the I three... get to see Sherry Moon's nude ass, fine. But uh, <laughs> Sherry Moon's nude moon. You just say Sherry Moon's nude ass? <laughs> I want to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that is going to be the three versus the six. Freddy versus... Chucky on Monster Slam! <laughs> That's what we're calling it, Monster no, Slam. I have no idea. I like that. Monster, I, it was actually a decent Monster idea. Slam! I was thinking about those, you know, you know me thinking of those old Monster Jam commercials, which I haven't seen a lot of, mostly because I don't have cable. Um, what do we have at the two versus the seven slot facing the winner of the Freddy and Chucky matchup? Number two. We have a seriously damaged boy with some serious mama issues who drowned in that lake while those camp counselors were making love, and now he's pissed perpetually and sometimes a zombie, Jason. The machete-wielding maniac from Camp Crystal Lake. All right, and who is Jason Voorhees going to be squaring off with in the first round of the Supernatural region? If we dare you to say this man's name five times in the mirror. It's not Beetlejuice. <laughs> but don't be surprised if he appears to you and splits you from groin to gullet. Candyman. Oh, that is right. And no, not Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. Yes, but equally, equally terrifying. Equally terrifying. Um, so that is going to be the two versus the seven seed. Once again, this is the fictional killer. March Madness tournament, whatever you want to call it. Here we have the two. It's October. October Madness, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, so I'll go over this one more time briefly. We have in the top region, we have the Bread and Reality uh, region with Michael Myers sitting atop at number one versus the eighth seed, the Collector at number four, and oh, I should say um, the winner of that matchup will face the fourth seed Leatherface versus the fifth seed Ghostface. And that is that region. Then moving down to the Supernatural region. Once again, Freddy Krueger at number three facing off against the sixth seed, Chucky. They will face the winner of Jason versus Candyman, the two and seven seed. So let's start off with the first matchup right here. And we'll do this in an eeny, miny, mo fashion to kick us every time, every off. Eeny, miny, mo, blah, 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 blah. I'm just fucking with people. I'm not going to do eeny, miny, mo. <laughs> damn it. Goddamn time. That was really hoping for it. Uh, <laughs> We'll start in. We'll do a matchup from each. So we'll start with the supernatural region. Starting with the two and seven seed, Jason versus the Candyman. Let's discuss this, Matt. I think it's pretty easy, but I do want to get our insight on this one. You haven't seen Candyman, have you? I have not seen Candyman, but I know enough about the character to have somewhat of a perspective. You should probably see Candyman, because it's a lot better than a lot of people give it credit for. I should note, and that probably is very true, um... I should know we're going to base this on the capabilities of these two actually fought yeah. in a fight. Who would win? Let's start off with Matt. What do you think? It'd be, it'd be an interesting, be an interesting reality that this fight would take place in because Candyman can only come when he is summoned. Like I said, by the incantation in the mirror. 
And even then, he doesn't make himself readily visible. He usually preys on the person that summoned him and tortures them by murdering their loved ones. Well, that's actually not true. The myth is, like, if you say his name five times in the mirror, he appears behind you and murders you. He develops a psych or a psychic kind of psycho psychosexual bond over the ma- the leading lady in the first Candyman movie, but that's for reasons that are disclosed within the context of the movie, which I will not spoil. Um, so assuming. Uh, somehow Candyman was summoned to our reality and Jason's just been res- resurrected for the 19th gazillionth time. Where w- they w- It would be an interesting fight because they are otherworldly in a sense that they are both dead. Uh, whereas uh, zo- or Jason is more of a zombie... Candyman definitely has the powers of the supernatural to his advantage. But Jason also got that brute fucking strength on him. Just a lumbering beast that never seems to be taken down, ever. Now, what do you think? I'm going to go... I agree with all you're saying. Like I said, I have a limited perspective on Candyman. I haven't seen the movies, but I I think I have enough. Um, I think for as much sort of sneakery that the Candyman could pull on Jason. I think Jason is just a fucking tank. He t- has taken so many blows over the years, very similar to one of his potential foes here, Michael Myers. He's taken so many blows, no matter which way, whatever you throw at him, he is able to take and get right back up and, and, and fight you. Um, so I think at the end of the day, the Candyman would be worn out. I think he'd be just worn out, and that's when Jason would 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 attack. Yeah, and would jump on it, and uh, not easily, but I think he would make a yeah. pretty. Um, it's a pretty pretty close fight. I think a lot of these will be very close fights because a lot of the supernatural elements that go into these characters. But I definitely think at the end of the day, I would have to pick Jason. So we're gonna take a quick break here, and we'll be right back, and we're gonna predict. We're going to consult here for a few seconds who we think is going to win on the Monsters of Midnight podcast. And we'll continue with the rest of the tournament when we come right back. Boop. And we are back. So we have... We have a decision here, and I'm going to play the drum roll. Winning the first round and advancing on to the semifinals in the Supernatural Division, we have Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees takes out the Candyman, the number seven seed. No upset, no upset whatsoever. The Candyman is gone, and Jason takes this first round. He is on and advances. See you later, Candyman. In this case, the Candyman can't. That was beautiful. That was... I Um, hate myself. All right, so... Now, we have to move on to the next region. So, Jason Voorhees is into the final four, like I said. 
And now we move to the 4-5 and five matchup with Leatherface and Ghostface. Matt, I think this is a pretty simple one once again, as all of these first rounds are, but I do want to hear. We have to have a discussion about it. We have to play fair. Matt, give me your perspective here. Um, it's, yeah, it's this one's a lot more clean cut. Whereas uh, I've only seen the first Scream, and Ghostface was definitely nimble, definitely uh, agile, and would, was sneaky because he was, uh, uh, well, uh, High school aged, uh, definitely clumsy though. Was very e- very easy for someone to knock. Excuse me, for someone to knock him on his ass. Leatherface, as everyone knows, is a mentally challenged, pissed off hillbilly that, with sheer brute strength, like a sledgehammer and a chainsaw. So, I mean, without a doubt. And if we're we're going off of the even if we're going off of the sheer fact of the weapons they use traditionally in the movie as their weapons they're fighting with, this one's going to Leatherface, for my money. I agree with with pretty much what you have to say there. Um, Scream, Ghostface, whatever the goddamn name is, um, <laughs> has it, it, he's been a teenager, you know. Yeah. You know, like I said, we were all this all dependent on what sort of representation of Ghostface we're getting, but in the first film, they're teenagers. Put that against a, a man-child, but yep. a mentally deranged one with a fucking chainsaw. <coughs> that whole knife thing kind of goes nowhere. Um, I think this one would be very, very, very quick and easy. Um, be kind of like killing one of his normal victims. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But we'll, we'll, we'll play it fair, and we're going to consult for a few seconds. All right, we consulted for a few seconds here. (laughs) (laughs) We're bringing out the cheese tonight, boys. Cut it up. It's going to be stanky. Um, (laughs) Winning the four and five tournament round. (coughs) We have the one, the only, Letterface. Pretty simple. Pretty simple, pretty simple. Unfortunately, Ghostface, you know, he's yeah. all excited to be here. He's like, hey, I made it to the tournament. And then he gets his fucking shit pushed in. Um, pretty brutal. Welcome pretty to quick. dinner, Ghostface. Yes. The only catch is you're the main course. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, Leatherface advances I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep pulling random, like, bullshit end notes out of my ass <laughs> for these fights. Um, so, that is number... Four, or the number four seat. I'm losing track of all these goddamn people. It's right in front of me too, which it, it shouldn't be that complicated. Yeah, but um, so the number he has four a seat tattooed on him, actually. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Uh, number four, we have Leatherface. He is advancing on to the next round in the bread in reality region, which means we got to climb right back down to the supernatural region with the third and sixth seed square face off to fight Jason. In the next round, Freddy versus Chucky. Matt, take it away. This one's pretty cut and dry for me, too. I've never seen a Child's Play movie, but even though there is the supernatural aspect of Chucky, he's a fucking doll. Uh, Freddy operates on a logic of a reality that has no logic. 
your dreams. Freddie can do virtually anything, especially... I mean, he's definitely more vulnerable, as you see in Freddy vs. Jason, when he's brought into the real world. But fucking Chucky's still a doll. <laughs> he's it's a grown man with finger knives going against a doll. Well, fuck you, man! <laughs> Is that Scarface? Yes. <laughs> no, this one, this one I'm giving to Freddy. Alright, I have to be a little bit more lenient on this one. Because Chucky is an indestructible motherfucker. He takes a lot of kicks. A lot of fucking brutal beatdowns by young children who don't want him in his in their house. Um, he's been thrown into a fire pit before. Chucky ain't no fucking joke. But, at the same time, for as indestructible as this fucking terrifying looking motherfucker is, he ain't squaring up with Freddy, baby. Freddy is going to get you no matter what you throw at him. And Chucky, Chucky's going to feel the burn a bit. Um, like I said, as we always are going to do here, we're going to take a few seconds to consult and make a final decision. I'm so excited. <laughs> but here we go. And we are back here. Hey, fuck you, man! <laughs> no, you fuck you, Tony! <laughs> Fuck you! Hey, fuck you, man! No! No, shut up! I make the calls here! Son of a bitch. Oh my god! Stop calling me in the middle of the goddamn night. I'm trying to sleep. He says the same goddamn thing every time. Hey, fuck you, man! He's got no other fucking range. What has happened? <laughs> what has become of this We're gonna have to square off with him now. I'll throw you into the ring there! Tony! I don't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah. It's a goddamn farce. Um, okay, anyway. Back to what we were saying. We consulted here, and this one goes to... Well, I was a little bit more lenient than Matt was. I think at the end of the day, we can all be very, very, very honest with ourselves and say the winner of this goes to... Freddy Krueger. Freddy. Time to chuck Chucky back in the trash where he belongs. Yes. Goodbye, old Chucky boy. Um, Freddy has advanced to the final four with a big number three versus number two matchup. Freddy versus Jason. It's just the fucking sequel to the original film. The yeah. masterpiece we know was Freddy versus Jason. Masterpiece in relative terms. Oh, of course. Um which means we have one matchup in the quarterfinal section left, and that's back up at the bread and reality yeah. region with Michael Myers. Michael versus El Collector. I don't think that's actually Spanish. El Collector. Um, <laughs> uh, versus the Collector. Michael Myers versus the Collector. Matt, I know already where you're going with this one. Another I don't pretty... know anything about the collector. Tell me a little bit about the collector. He collects people. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he sets up a lot of these. He's kind of like Jigsaw in a weird way. He has all these kind of traps set up in a fucking house. Um, at least in the sequel he does. And I haven't seen the first one in a very long time. But give me a reason why Michael, even with your limited knowledge of the collector, why Michael would just beat the piss out of him. Because he is the boogeyman. He is evil incarnate. Yeah, bred in reality, he came from a, like a middle-class suburban uh, family. But 
there is just nothing but pure evil behind that boy. Uh, so, just like our good friend Jason, Michael has been pushed through the shit a lot of times. And he comes back even more angry and even more violent each time. So I'm giving it to Mikey on this one. Uh, I am curious to see the collector uh, just from the description that you've given uh, because... It is a pretty decent movie. Um, I'm not going to say it's by any... You when know, did that come out? Like, oh, seven? Oh, nine. Oh, nine. So it's it's fairly new. It is somewhat of an homage to the old slasher films, but I don't know. Um, I yeah, Michael Myers. No matter what you throw at the guy, it's similar to what I said with Jason. He's gonna get through it somehow, and he's gonna come back up, and he's gonna fight you. Um, he's so weird in in, in in how he just moves throughout the space. He's just like a force of nature. He's a force of nature, and he's and, and, and no matter you know you can shoot him in the fucking forehead like in the zombie picks. <laughs> He will somehow find a way to regenerate. It's it's and 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 even with the collector's sort of gizmos and traps, Michael would walk right through them. He might be affected by some of them, but these two would fight to the death. And uh, I can't say the collector's got much of a shot. But we're gonna consult. We'll be back in a few. And we are back. That's not the fucking sound effect. Ah, shit. That was like a ringtone. I looked up an oh shit sound effect. <laughs> and this is what you people give me? I should sue. Hold on, let me find out. Is this the one here? I'm going to play this. I don't know if this will be it. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, we'll pull that, that up again. You'll make a surprise appearance. I don't think anybody heard it here. Um, we consulted. It's pretty straight and narrow here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I got to play. Got to play this. The winner and the final victor of the quarterfinal round, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Haddonfield, Illinois, Michael Myers. Michael Myers takes... A very, very easy round one victory. Collect all your troubles in your old kit bag and get the fuck out of here, collector. Maybe it would help if I knew more about the character on that one. Yeah, that always helps out. Um, But regardless, you don't need to know about anything about him now because he did. He's fucking dead. Um, D-E-A-D. Oh, shit. Um... All right, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll move on into the semi-final round. You're listening to the Monsters Midnight Podcast right here on iTunes. We'll be back in a few seconds. And we're back here on the Monsters at Midnight podcast, and we are on to the final four. No more breaks. We're going to chug right along here. So the first matchup, we have the two and three spot, Freddy versus Jason, and holy shit. 
This is going to be a tricky one to call. These next two are going to be tricky very one difficult. in the movie too. Yes, it it was very ambiguous to say the least in the original film. But regardless, the matchup is going to happen. So here we go, Matt. Let her rip. Oh man, uh, I love both of these guys. I think at the end of the day, I'm more of a Freddy fan, even though I've seen more of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I like the idea of Freddy Krueger more than Jason. Oh, this is tough because like it's like Freddy's tougher when he's fighting in a dream and Jason's tougher when he's fighting they're fighting in reality. Um man. It's hard because it it's also never fully explained how just how much of Freddy's supernatural abilities transpire as he as he enters the real world. But man, uh, you don't have to give me your what your result would be. I just yeah. want to hear your perspective. That's my perspective. What's yours? I'm curious to hear yours. Well, um, people will. This, the, the, the fact of the matter is people will argue this entire thing, this whole matchup thing, for decades to come. It's been happening since, well, really both these characters hit the big screen, and it will continue. Because apparently, according to 2003's Freddy vs. Jason, there's not really a definite answer who's better. That being said, I look at it in a different way. I think... I think that there is much more of a force in Freddy than there is in Jason. He is this... He's really just this supernatural ghost in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where Jason's a zombie. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, Jason has died before, has he not? Jason... Technically, Jason dies when when Jason... Jason dies at the end of uh, Friday the 13th 4, the final chapter. He is resurrected as a zombie in part 6. Okay. And so from then on, it's just like the the new gag is how is he resurrected in the next movie. Then. Okay, okay. So he's died a so lot. So he has died. <laughs> Freddy hasn't really died per se. He kind of has. Yeah, it's it's really hard how you look at it. There's you know people who argue that as well. Is he really dead ever? But Jason, we know, has for sure died, and the way they bring him back is resurrecting him, which also adds a whole another level of complication to it. But that's just my perspective. I think Freddy is a more more of a supernatural force, and Jason yeah. resides more in the zombie category. Nothing that's against true. Jason, but. That's from my perspective. So we'll consult on this for a few seconds, and we'll give you the big old winner and the champion of the Supernatural section. Who will advance to the championship round? All right. The winner. After an obviously long consulting session. Always. The winner of the first semifinal matchup and the Supernatural Division champion advancing to the championship, the, the, the fictional serial killer championship is... Matt, you want to read it? Freddy Krueger. This one was tricky. 
It's a very hard matchup to break down. I think it does come down to the fact that Jason is and always was something more tangible and something that you could destroy, whereas after Freddy became what he was, he is sort of like just an otherworldly being. He's just a figment. Really. Yeah. Um, Freddy Krueger squeaks out a very, very close, close victory and has moved on to the final round of this tournament. But he is, at, at this point, the king of just the supernatural section. Um, all right, now we'll move on to the next semifinal matchup between Michael Myers and Leatherface, the one versus four seed. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think this one is nearly as close as some people might say. It's nothing against Leatherface fans. Oops, I spoiled it. Nothing against Leatherface fans. But I don't think this one is nearly as close as some people would suggest. Really? I don't think it would be. I would, but I'm. If you give me your opinion, and I'll give you mine. As well, I'm just saying because I'm a diehard Michael fan, as you know. But Michael moves slow and methodically, which isn't bad. But Leatherface moves quick and has a large weapon with reach that can hack apart a human being. The one time that Michael Myers was truly supposed to be dead was in H2O before Resurrection was even conceived when Jamie Lee decapitates him at the end of the film. And I feel like that would be the definitive game over for Michael, would be a swift chainsaw whack to to the neck. That's just me thinking realistically. I think what you are saying may be more of a drawback to Michael, actually, I think is more the positive. What you mentioned, the, the swift, sort of methodical, I think is exactly why. I don't think Leatherface is necessarily, in much of the same fashion as Jason, a smart serial killer. Right. He's just out for fucking blood. Not that Michael isn't, but it's different. He's more of a rabid dog. Leatherface just wants to fucking kill you and just wants to, he'll do it quick, he'll do it, whatever. Michael wants to kill you, but he's such a ghostly figure, he's going to do it in a way that he's going to creep around you and whoop right in your face, and you can fight back, and yes, I think that Leatherface mate, I guess I should I should phrase it, I think he, it will be a close fight in the beginning, but I think Michael starts to get in Leatherface's head, and Leatherface is, this, realizes this guy's fucking smart. He ain't like Ghostface. Yeah. He's a smart, crafty bastard in the weirdest way possible. But I digress. So. I will say then, if if Michael's going up against uh, Leatherface, he needs a, a different weapon than just the regular, the traditional kitchen's a, wife. I knife. think he can make it work. Kitchen's wife. Kitchen's wife. Maybe he takes the, the, the chainsaw away. No, no, because he, I mean, he uses different weapons throughout the series. He uses, like, a scythe and, like, a pitchfork and Halloween 5. I think this is definitely more of a draw than I think we're going to be. It's the most, it's the most, uh, butt heads we've done so far. So, we'll see. We're going to, we're going to consolidate here. All right, we've come to a decision. Very difficult. Very difficult. 
But Matt makes it, brings up some excellent points. And it's very difficult, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drum the roll, please. I'm going to run, run, run the drum. Run the drum. Hey, fuck you, man! <laughs> now fuck you, Tony! God damn, he's still the same. Why, why did we invite him? <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. The winner of the Bread and Reality region. And moving on to face Freddy Krueger in the championship match is... Michael Myers! This is one that's tough for me because I do think Matt brings up some excellent points that I didn't really consider. Because I'm a closed-minded fuck. <laughs> um, but I think... The intelligence of Michael definitely comes. I into, think it into will. Play. I think, like you said, I think all the things you're bringing up with Leatherface, I think, are early factors in the fight. I think Michael gets his ass handed to him early, but then he's like, "All right, just just calm down, do what we do, yeah. be smart," and then he starts to starts to get in that Leatherface's small tiny brain, and uh, eventually squeaks out a win. Close one. I should be more fair. A close one, but Michael Myers does take the win. And moves on to face the number three seed, Freddy Krueger, in the title round. And we'll jump right into it here. Number one, Michael Myers versus number three, Freddy Krueger. Matt, let me get your opinions on this for this final championship round. Yeah, this one's even tougher because they're both kind of boogeymen in a sense. Or they both they stem from... Why? How does Freddy Krueger have this power? I haven't seen any of the sequels. I know. I'm sure they give more explanation as the movies go on. Um, but for all intents and purposes, first movie, you don't know why they have this power. What kind of evil they that just rests with them for some unknown reason? It's. It's definitely a hard call for me because they are so equally matched. Uh, Daft, that's all I. Really what would be your case say. for if you were representing Michael, and then and then make your case for Freddy? If I were representing Michael, he has uh Freddy has always been kind of a gangly, sort of just scrawny guy, just this like uh, greasy kind of. Nah, I don't want to say malnourished, but just like kind of just leathery, just greasy, scrawny guy. Because Robert Englund isn't a big guy. Michael Myers, while originally wasn't supposed to be huge, eventually like became huge in every single sequel. But he was more of just an averagely built and like well-rounded, like hu- healthy human male. So I think he's got at least. A slight physical edge. Uh, Freddy is more human and would definitely uh, see red and let his temper take control of him and would make mistakes, whereas Michael is totally devoid of emotion. He could be calculated and and clinch it. But if I were making the case for Freddy, then, those bits of rage would make him extremely violent. He of course has a weapon that ha- uh, that has four blades on it. Um, 
he is... He's got he, incredible reach. Yeah. And he's pretty swift, too. Uh, especially if he has his, his powers. Again, don't know which reality we would be facing off in, but... Uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, those are my cases. Okay, that's good. Those are good points. Um, the way I analyze this is, if we look at Michael throughout his history, he's faced people who are really kind of beneath him in terms of their ability to kind of well, except for the great Laurie Strode. Um. <laughs> She's been able to figure out a way to fight him off. But for the most part, the the average Michael Myers victim is is basic. Loomis to a degree, yes. too. They're basic human beings with the exception of those two. He's never faced anybody in cinema history that is equally, if not more, calculated as Freddy. Freddy knows how to nap. Whether he's he's definitely more goofy, and I think that's also a disadvantage to Freddy. He may not take the fight nearly as seriously, right? Because he thinks he's all powerful, and that you know, and then Michael is equally maybe just as powerful as he is. But I think Michael is supernatural, but I don't think he's Freddy supernatural. And no, that's the problem. I think that Freddy is definitely much more of a ghost figure because he's fucking dead. First of all. Um while this one is a very, very close one, it's it's harder for me to argue with Michael. I think it's a close one up to the final buzzer. I guess they're playing basketball. <laughs> but, I don't um, know what sport this is anymore. Uh, it's like death race and then like football. And it's, just, it's all over the goddamn place. Don't try to pinpoint it. Boxing. Um, but anyway, so that being said, we're going to consolidate here. We're going to give the title to who we think is best. We may have to have a longer consolidation session here. We'll be right back. All right. We're here. We took a whole 15 seconds that time. <laughs> All right, this was very tough. Very, very tough. And it's been a good, good, well-fought tournament. But there can only be one. Oh, shit. And the winner of the 2016 fictional serial killer tournament is none other than... The winner is Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger walks away with the title. I should have some victory music here. The night he goes back home and cries to mama. Yes. It's one of those things where I didn't do a stupid line for the fight between Freddy and Jason. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, we have some victory music here. (laughs) This is beautiful. Freddy is now basking in the glory that he always wanted. It was a long, hard-fought battle. Congratulations to Michael. He's, he's equally as, as, as recognizable and equally as important. They're all equally important to the genre as a whole. 
It's almost incredible to me how many good serial killers we have out there. I almost shed a tear. A small tear. And then I realize it's just sweat. <laughs> it's goddamn hot. And this goddamn blanket. Really cold in this apartment. Side note. We've lost and all And this all has been the <laughs> fictional serial killer tournament. I was trying to do deadpan humor there, but it's all right. It was a lot of fun. Um, all right, we got one last segment here to kind of grind through here. Uh, movies that we found scary as kids. Not necessarily limited to horror. Yeah, that's true. Um, which definitely makes it more stretched out. I think most of them will be horror films for me, but yeah. we'll start with you, Matt. Uh, well, the biggest answer for me is uh, uh, fifth grade. I saw Night of the Living Dead for the first time. Rocked my world and terrified me to the core. Uh, still definitely, a, I don't find it nearly as scary anymore, mainly because... I know more about filmmaking. I know more about the movie. The mystery is gone. I've seen it a bunch of times. Still a phenomenal movie. Don't find it as scary anymore. Um, Because that was like the first like... Because before that I had seen like the original Frankenstein, which did get under my skin because well, I was significantly younger. I was like third grade then. Uh... But that was the first horror movie I saw where, like, people are dying and people are dying hard and on camera and zombies are devouring, like, bits of flesh. It was hard. And that's the the famous scene where uh, the daughter, Karen, stabs her mother to death with a garden, like, or, like, a cement uh, trowel. Not a trowel. A big pointy thing in the basement. That scene is intensely... Intensely spooky. Um, movies that aren't necessarily horror, though. There's a Don Knotts movie called The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. That is not a name that I thought was going to pop up. Don no, Knotts. It's a, it's a kind of a comedy, kind of a murder mystery. And uh, it's all about like this rumor of a haunted house. And Don Knotts plays like the village idiot kind of frady cat who has dared to spend a night in this haunted house for some reason or another. There's a lot of story that I don't remember. It's been far too long. Oh, shit! But there's a scene, because one of the rumors is, like, that someone was murdered in the house with a pair of garden shears. Oh, shit! And uh, there's a scene in the movie where Don Knotts finds the picture of the woman who lived there, and there's a pair of garden shears stuck in her neck, and there's, like like blood running down the f- the picture profusely and that, that fucked me up as a kid and there's this whole thing with a, a uh, an organ with blood-stained keys that plays itself and the song uh, I recall being creepy too now that movie got under my skin legitimately as a kid another movie that is more on the comedy side but has ties in gothic horror is Abbott and Costello hey, fuck you man you were having way too much fun with this. Is uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which is an Abbott and Costello movie with the classic Universal uh, monsters, which is a great movie, very funny. But uh, the I, the the traditional monsters got uh, scared me when I was a kid. And then, of course, there's Willy Wonka's Nightmare Tunnel from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But that's kind of a given for most kids my age. Oh shit! Oh, shit! 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. Am I fired yet? Have they fired me? Oh, yeah, I forgot I run this goddamn thing. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the only reason you won't get fired. I'm going to fire myself. <laughs> At this point, if this was a normal radio station, I'd be fucking gone. Oh, my God. But, uh... Anyway. So that's Matt's list of movies that scared him as a kid. My list... Most of these movies don't scare me anymore. Um... First one being Saw, because that was the first, like, that's the desensitized movie that I was like, Jesus Christ. That's, 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 that's a, a fucking... That's a fucked up shit, man. That's a movie. That's a fucking movie to bring you into the shot. Um, yeah, that was one of my first introductions to what horror movies are. Um, it was fucked up, and I watched all three of them on a sci-fi marathon, and I remember the month was about January of 2009. See, I remember this shit. It's really weird how I remember that exact time frame um but they were playing a sci-fi marathon of all the saw movies and uh i caught the first one then i watched the second one and i watched the third one and uh needless to say have not looked at movies the same sense um not scary at all nowadays some parts to get under my skin but for not the, the same reasons as they used to um another film that scared me as a child was child's play um <laughs> But now it's just goofy. It's just goofy fun. It's entertaining. But there's nothing scary really about it. That whole idea of Chucky was just terrifying to me. Like, I mean, it's a very, very, very vulnerable thing to, 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 to be. I mean, not vulnerable. Um, but it, it, it's more relatable to, especially a young child who has a ton of, I grew up with a ton of, you know, I'm sure you did too, a ton of, you know, action figures and toys and and the idea that one of those could turn on you and want to actually harm you in some way possible always freaked the shit out of me. So, um, But now I just look at it as it's a hilarious, hilarious romp. Um, but that's really about it. There was not many movies that I can remember that really scared me as a kid. There's moments of certain films that scared me as a kid. Yeah, that's true. Darth um, Vader used to scare me as a kid. The opening scene where he chokes that guy in yeah. New Hope. It's like, Jesus Christ. This guy's kind the... Of- the finale of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Like, oh, that that too, and also the Dementors in Harry Potter three. Yeah. They get onto the train, so the shit out of yeah. me. So. The Dementors were creepy. Um, I, I I didn't. I still don't really care for spiders, but I hated spiders when I was a kid. So the the whole uh, Aragog scene in Chamber of Secrets. Ah, uh, when they you ever see the, the eight legged freaks with uh, David no. Arquette? No, I haven't. <laughs> It's like everyone's like, "Oh, you need to see arachnophobia." I'm like, "No," because like the movie's called what I have. I don't need to see arachnophobia. Maybe we'll help you get over your phobia. Yeah, I don't. I think That's not how things work, it. people. Um, there were actually uh, now I think about like moments in Jumanji that kind of scared me too, with like the uh, the, big, the big spiders and uh, you just hate spiders. Yeah, I do. Uh, there no, there were other parts in Jumanji that freaked me out too. The hunter always freaked me out in Jumanji for some reason. The hunter guy? Yeah, I don't know why. He just kind of freaked me out. Um, um you ever see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yes, I love the, the child snatcher. That guy scared That's <laughs> fucked up. That kid, that guy is fucking. He's just a child molester. Yeah, and it's just like it's like not even like like hiding it. He just kidnaps children, lures them in with. With. And everybody watches it. <laughs> yeah. They let it happen. Ian Fleming wrote that book. The, really? Yeah. Hmm. The James Bond author. It's interesting. I didn't know that. No, I really like that movie a lot. This is a good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Um. All right. 
I think that wraps it up here. We had a great episode yet again. We're going to go big and balls to the wall for that final episode next Saturday night. Yes, we'll be looking forward to it. Reminder to check out Matt Schaefer's October on Facebook. Also check out all of our updates on Spreaker.com and iTunes and wherever you can find us, playerfm.com, wherever you find us. Listen to us. Tell your friends. And uh, because we only got one episode left, and then you're just going to be stuck with archives for about a whole year. Yeah. You're going to just be listening to us over and over again for a whole year until we, we, we most likely come back next year. Um, I would love to do another. Uh, well, the ratings have proven it's one of our. It's probably our most successful yeah, show. So do another Monsters at Midnight. I know what the big boys upstairs are going to say, but uh, Monsters at Midnight: The Return. Yes, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm actually going to look at the figure right now. The second episode only has 55 listens, but the first one has 224 listens. So not bad. Not bad. We're growing every day. Um, we'll see what happens. This is the Monsters of Midnight podcast for Matt Schaefer. I'm Thank Graham Zima. Thank you for tuning in. He's always, he's always trying to... Monsters at Midnight. If you couldn't tell, he's the one who reads the Zeman Podcasting Network intro. <laughs> Which is still super surreal to hear. Yes, it is. Um, all right, we'll see you back here next Saturday. Goodbye. Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420 in stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two day only deals.